right, so let's go ahead and dive in. Um, one of the things that we're gonna do just kind of as a rhythm thing is we'll talk about each week uh, what's new in our world and, and how our week's gone. So Missy, why don't you go ahead and start this week? Yeah, this week has been a pretty fun and exciting one. I've been working more one-on-one -on -one with Keith just to help set up kind of a new fitness program for me. It's It's been a change, slowly working my way back into the gym. Uh, if, if you don't know me, I've been doing home fitness for the last probably good year. Um, felt a little bit restricted as far as the types of movements I could really get out of what limited equipment I have there. I have predominantly some lower weight dumbbells, resistance bands, um, a lot of body weight exercises. And now that I'm working with Keith with the goal in mind of, of competing with, with physique competition and bodybuilding, um, I just, I need more equipment that's gonna help get me the results that I want. So we set up a program, it's been a transition, it's bringing back my good old CrossFit days, actually to get back in the gym and just touch like the good old barbell and the weights. We've been doing a lot of deadlifts and squats and all those things that uh, that hurt so good. I, I didn't realize how much I had missed it. You gotta love those um, compound movements. They oh really provide goodness. a lot of uh, extra stimulation for the, the major movers, the prime movers. Yeah, well, they're making my walk up and downstairs very <laughs> difficult this last week, uh, but it's a good thing. Um, and then uh, also just really dialing in on nutrition. I've been, you know, really successful with you know, losing weight over this last year, just kind of intuitively eating. I, I know what healthy food is, I know how to eat well, uh, but when you're really trying to support your body and just fuel it appropriately with a specific physique goal in mind, I've found I really need to be more precise in just my, my tracking, how many calories I'm having, my, my macronutrients um, to help support, you know, muscle growth, fat loss, all of the things that are gonna get me to where I need to be to, to find success on the stage and just to help me reach my own health and fitness goals. So yeah. we've really been just plucking away at, yeah. <laughs> at nutrition here and and it's been a learning curve. It's been just exciting to, to see my body already responding over this last week. So, yeah. uh, so tell me, um, I know that uh, it's been a while since you've done some of the compound movements. How do you feel about uh, how they're going, how, how your body's responding. Do you feel like you're feeling any sort of strength uh, changes? I, I'm feeling stronger. Um, I'm, I'm pretty surprised how much of that muscle memory I've retained from, from weightlifting previously, uh, but also realizing that there's some areas that need improvement. And I know you've been working with me to help correct some form just so I'm, I'm lifting safely. Uh, <laughs> 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 and so, yeah. So, um, so tell me about uh, how the uh, the training has balanced out with you know the home life and still being able to be available to be a mom and, and etc. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely been helpful having a, you know a second pair of hands around to help so that I can I can make it to the gym and luckily you know we were able to find a gym that had a really awesome kids club that the kids can go hang out in. Uh, but you know on top of that you know one of the things i was worried about was keeping up with nutrition and feeding a family and feeding young kids and i've been really really pleased with um how well the whole family's really adapted to the change in nutrition and you know they still get their carbs they get their yummy stuff and i just know i i'm tracking a little more carefully and quite frankly i still get the carbs
parts. And I still get the yummy stuff uh, as long as they all line up at the end of the day. You know, it's it's not a deprivation game, and we, we get to still enjoy being a family and hit our health goals. So, yeah, that's that's what's going on with me. Um, I want to hear about your week. Tell tell everyone a little bit about what's been going on over in your world. Yeah. Well, so I, I know I talked last week a little bit about um, some of the injuries that I had. And, and while the bonk on the head, I actually gave myself a pretty good concussion. Uh, it, it, the Those effects uh, have started to wear off. I'm able to, to actually load, um, and I haven't had any headaches anymore, which is really great. And I've been cleared for full work um, in that regard. Um, I'm still going through physical therapy uh, for what is a frayed labrum on my right shoulder. Um, so I'm seeing physical therapists twice a week and we're doing a lot of uh, range of motion and, and uh, strengthening some of uh, the weaknesses that I have uh, in the back uh, that have uh, kind of caused an imbalance in how uh, my press and lift movements, overhead movements, respond so that's been nice to see some progress there I'm starting to feel a little bit more stable in the shoulder um, but we're still not quite at a point where I feel like I could load uh, you know, to any sort of um, hypertrophic effect um, but it's encouraging to, to at least you know be making progress and getting closer to it uh, but that being said I have had the opportunity since you know regaining uh, you know the full go for uh, lower body and have had the opportunity to really get in there and, and utilize you know some of that extra energy um, that I have uh, from not having the ability to go full uh, bore on on upper days uh, to to really focus on uh, upping the intensity on my lower body days uh, to that effect I actually hit a, a PR on my RDLs this last week nice. which is really exciting um, and that's nice because uh, you know it's 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 good to have some sort of win, especially when you know you've had to take a step back. So um, it's I've always felt like it's really important to to key in on small wins as you're trying to progress towards a longer term goal. Yeah, and I know you've been really wanting to work on just your lower body when it comes to physique. So that must feel good to be hitting PRs and in, in your deadlifts and. <laughs> yeah. Working all the glutes and those those quads and yeah well and and that's uh, to that point um, you know that's the the hamstrings were definitely one of the things that were a little bit deficient when it came to uh, you know the the symmetry which is really important when it comes to physique competitions uh, so yeah it's it's been great um, I've I felt really good uh, nutrition um, I have still kind of been on a uh, on my own intuitive eating plan. Um, and just kind of watching uh, my day-to-day -day weight metrics with a goal to gain about a half to one and a half pounds of lean mass per month. Um, and the reason why I'm not tracking is I took a step back you know, with all of the, the chaos that had happened. Um, I just needed to, to reduce some of uh, the fatigue of being quite so accurate. Um, and it's, while it's probably, not probably, definitely reducing the amount of uh, adaptations that I'm getting, the amount of progress that I'm getting, it's, it's definitely given me a little of stability when it comes to uh, the stress of life, uh, to be very honest. So. All right, so during your weekly update, you talked about how you're transitioning 
from an intuitive eating lifestyle um, and it kind of increasing the granularity of how we approach it and actually tracking the food. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about who, why, and how to track. But before we dive into that, it's important to understand our energy balance. Um, and to give us an idea of, of what we're doing when we're tracking our food. Uh, and the reason for this is that you know, our body kind of operates uh, in a really general way, kind of like a, 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 like a car, right? So you have to have a certain amount of energy uh, to expend to get from point A to point B. But even further back from that, um, we have what's called the basal metabolic rate. In layman's terms, this is the amount of energy our body expends throughout the day just at rest. In other words, it's the amount of energy we need to sustain vital functions without even factoring in our daily activities like training and, and going to work and doing dishes and etc. Uh, this is determined uh, by your sex, by your age, your weight, and your height. Uh, for instance, women on average have a BMR in the range of 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day. Now, again, like I said, this is just the energy that uh, our vital functions uh, expel. So if we're laying in bed all day, uh, our BMR is, you know, for instance, say, let's say mine is 2,800 calories a day. Right? Well, we also have to take an effect into, not an effect, but into account uh, all of the activities that we do throughout the day. Right? Because every step that we take, every breath that we take, all of our exercise, right, that all ex expends energy too. Uh, which brings up another calculation, uh, which is the total daily energy ex expended energy uh, calculation. Um, and this is the base of what, where we start when we start to talk about maintenance calories. Right? So when we calculate TDEE, uh, and we're talking about maintenance calories. This is what it takes to make sure that your weight neither goes up nor goes down. Uh, and, and again, it's, it takes into account uh, your training exercises. So any, uh, anytime we go to the gym and we lift weights, uh, we calculate that uh, along with uh, mowing the lawn, walking up and down stairs, etc. So when you say TDEE, just to clarify, you're, that's the acronym for the type of calculator one would use when they're trying to figure out how many calories they're expending or how many they, they should be consuming. Can you clarify that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I said, your TDEE, total daily expended energy, uh, is something uh, that you calculate based on your age, sex, age, height, weight and your average daily activity. Uh, now keep in mind that this isn't, uh, this isn't a spot on calculation, right? It's very different for everybody. And one of the, the measures that we utilize to calculate our maintenance calories uh, is our activity level, which is kind of subjective. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to, uh, in all cases, it's important to balance your expected results expected experience with the reality of your experience yeah um, so anyways, from there we start uh, and we get like I said that uh, that uh, maintenance calories um, and then depending on what you're trying to do with your body composition whether you're trying to add lean mass uh, or, or you're trying to reduce the, the body fat that you carry um, 
subtract uh, the amount of calories that you get from there. Um, in the end, it, that's really how it goes. If you want to uh, gain weight, you eat more calories uh, than your maintenance weight, and if you want to lose weight, you eat less calories than uh, your maintenance weight, uh, calories. So what is the importance in tracking our food? Yeah, well, so I talked about how we have this calculation uh, of exactly how many calories we're supposed to eat in a day just to maintain our weight. Um, the problem is, is that if we're utilizing an objective metric um, in you know that specific number, right? For me, let's say 2,800 calories. Um, if I take that and then I go eat whatever I would like to and I simply estimate in my head what looks like 2,800 calories, there's a lot of different variables um, that are probably going to be really, really misaligned. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with my clients, this is what I see on a regular basis is one of the biggest things that they see uh, is the second that they start tracking their calories, either they're really, really under what they expected they were eating or they're really, really over the top of what they were expecting they were eating. Um, and so I would say that the first thing, the, the first reason to why you would want to track your food is it's time to really get a clear scientific measured picture of what the reality of your food intake is. Uh, the other bit, and this is something that you actually experienced yesterday, is <laughs> the reality of your food source nutrient value uh, is, is a lot different than I think than you would expect it to be. Uh, and, and what I mean by this is that uh, the USDA, uh, when uh, a brand puts that nutrient information onto the package, the USDA, requ USDA requires uh, a plus 25% or minus 25% accuracy level. Right? So, for instance, if they say that there's one gram of protein, it could be 1.25 grams or 0.75 grams, and that's still within the acceptable value. Well, if you expand that over the course, you know, like let's say you're eating 100 grams of protein a, uh, a day uh, from uh, a protein drink, but you're actually getting 125 grams a day, you're getting an extra 100 calories a day, which over the course of time does add up. Now, if you, you get inaccuracies in your protein drink plus uh, you know, the amount of uh, carbohydrates that you're getting from uh, you know, oats or, or something of the like, um, those inaccuracies continue to, to manifest and to, to rack up. Um, the other thing that what I hinted to earlier is um, you actually opened up a can of uh, canned chicken yesterday and um, the, uh, the serving size, the, the amount of servings uh, that it said on the can was six. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of a shock. I was expecting six full servings of chicken and I open up this can and I start weighing out just two servings and that was almost the entire can of chicken. So I'm trying to figure out where the other four servings went. And that just goes to show how there can be such a discrepancy uh, with what you think you're getting, even reading food labels with what's actually in the package. And that reminded me too, you know, if you were to Google how many calories or macros are in like a banana, for instance, uh, you might get a single number and think that that's the amount of calories 
calories you're, you're getting every time you eat a banana. But if you actually sit and, and weigh a banana in grams, that it could, it could range quite significantly. And that affects the number of calories you're getting in a day or the amount of carbohydrates or other macros um, in your foods. And you can be really off calculation. Uh, so I think that's, that's kind of the point we're also getting here too is, you know, it's not a one size fits all. And there's just an importance in, in tracking our food specifically in grams, especially uh, to ensure that we're actually getting the nutrients we think we are. Because as I found out in that can of chicken, there wasn't, there wasn't as much in there as I thought there was. And I could have been way off. Yeah. And that would be, especially for someone, uh, for someone that is in a deficit like you are, uh, when you are feeling those, those hunger signals, when you're ghrelin, which is a hormone that uh, signals your brain to, to eat more, uh, starts kicking in, um, you might be white knuckling it because you think that you've eaten all of your protein for the day, but mm-hmm. in fact, you absolutely have not. Um, and, and so, and conversely, uh, if you are trying to put on muscle, uh, it's hard to put on lean mass if you're not eating enough protein. Uh, so it's, it's really important, I, I think, and not, not only do I think, but I know, uh, it, it's really important to start uh, your food intake reality from a scientific basis. Um, and, and so, you know, tracking food and, and being able to compare um, your expectation to the reality is, is, is really important. And it could be really drastic too. I mean, I think it was just a couple nights ago, I couldn't figure out why my energy was so, so low. And I hadn't, I hadn't been consistently tracking that day. I had an idea in my head of, of where I was at with my, my carbs and whatnot. And then when we actually sat down and did the math, I think I was a good 70 to 100 grams of carbohydrates under, uh, which totally explained so much of just the brain fog I was in. Uh, and I, I would have had no idea because in my brain, I, I thought I was there. I thought I had hit you know my, my goal for the day with, with my macros and calories and I was, I was way off. So, and, and that's another really good point, uh, and, and to deviate from kind of the, the accuracy side of the, uh, the nutritional information, but there's also a lot of psychological uh, value that you can get out of this. Um, for the average person, uh, a lot of times we eat our emotions, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes we feel like it was only one or two handfuls, uh, when in fact, um, it may have been a quarter bag. <laughs> and in, unless you're tracking uh, your results, uh, it, it's hard to, uh, to really correlate you know, the, the difference in what you are feeling like you're eating vice what the reality is. So anyways, long story short is why do we track our foods? We want to get the reality of what we're actually taking in. Um, and and, and in, in more importantly, we also want to make sure that we are accurate with the information that uh, that the manufacturer is telling us. Um, so, on top of that, we also want to talk about who should be tracking their foods. Um, and in my opinion, everyone mm-hmm. should everyone. at least in once in their life spend probably at least four to six months tracking their food, just as a scientific process um, to. Again, to give yourself a reality of the picture of, of what
what you're doing. Um, and from that, you can start to learn some of the modifications that you need to make in your life, um, whether it's behavioral, whether it's habitual, um, or, or it's just the type of foods that you're selecting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of folks don't know what's in some of the foods that they're, they're eating, and I promise you it can be a pretty big eye-opener. I mean, I, I remember probably four or five years ago, the first time I ever tracked food, I, I downloaded a free app on my phone, um, and it was so incredibly eye-opening. I had no idea you know, how much fat was in olive oil, because I hear all the time how healthy, you know, get your healthy fats and olive oil and avocados, and when you're actually plugging it in and seeing how many calories are in the foods you're eating, um, just having that awareness uh, over a period of time really allows you to be a little bit more um, just in tune with the foods you're putting in your body and just how how that affects your overall health, your results, um, just your knowledge about food. So I, I would agree with that. I believe everyone should, at least for, for a period of time, just track what you eat. And I also think there's just a level of accountability that comes with tracking your foods because I can tell you it's not worth tracking that handful of chips I put in my mouth because I don't want to go measure it and weigh it. Um, and I, I actually end up making better food choices when I'm consistently tracking yeah. than uh, when I, I just think I'm going to wing it and, and take a day off. So okay. so that's, that's a really good point. I, I would also say um, specifically, especially if you're going to invest in, um, in a coach, or even just commit yourself to an active period of weight loss, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it happens to everybody at some point in their life, especially over the last couple of years with COVID. Um, it, things get a little sideways when you know we're all stuck in our house, um, and so we might have some weight that we want to reduce, want to make a change in our life. Um, if you want to see the results out of what you're doing, um, you should truly invest into it. Um, and so I would say that if you are in an active weight loss phase um, and you haven't done this for very long, you don't haven't accumulated those skills, if you don't know what appropriate portion sizes look like, if you don't know how your body responds uh, you know, to, to specific levels of calories and low carb days or high carb days, etc., cetera, um, it's real important, uh, I think, to, to go ahead and, and, and do track your food during that active weight loss phase. Uh, the other demographic that I would say it's really important for, and you'll see this especially in professional sports, is athletes. Um, and this is you know any, any subset uh, or any demographic in, in that community, right? Whether you're a, a professional um, or collegiate athlete, any, anyone that is going to have big portion of their time spent specifically training. Um, the reason for that is is you're trying really hard. Your every effort is to maximize your performance. Uh, and the difference between you competing at your best and not is making sure that you're fueled, fueled the appropriate way. But again, like we've, we've talked through quite a bit so far, if you don't know the reality of what you're eating, you may be undercutting yourself. So. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how to track food. Mm-hmm. Um, what I recommend and is to utilize a food tracking app, tracking application. Um, now there's a 
large variety of them out there. Some of them are dubious in the accuracy of the information that they provide. Mm -hmm. Some of them aren't. Um, I utilize uh, an application called MyFitnessPal exclusively for all of my clients, uh, mostly because, again, the, the accuracy of the information there uh, is, is a little bit better uh, than others. But that, to be, that being said, um, even in MyFitnessPal, uh, there is a large amount of socially provided uh, uh, measurements. And by that, you just mean people are able to input their own um, measurements for a food. They can insert how many grams of protein or fat, and it might not actually be accurate with with that food group per se. Yeah, so, 100%. so making sure you find the right source from there is really important. One hundred percent. Joe could go down and enter in a Fuji apple and tell you that it has twenty five grams of protein per serving. <laughs> <laughs> Good apple. <laughs> Give me them apples. <laughs> Probably not right, but the way to make sure that uh, that we do get the, the most accurate information is um, if you if you search for um, uh, the type of food that you're looking for, utilize the search string USDA. Mm -hmm. It provides the actual uh, research metrics that are for that specific food. So if you're uh, cooking a chicken breast, uh, type in USDA chicken breast, and it will you the USDA values for that. Um, on top of what to use uh, is, is how to use this. Um, and, and what we're talking about here is, is how to measure. Right? Um, you have the ability uh, to, uh, you know, there's, there's grand, a bunch of different metric values that are in there. So grams, cups, ounces, tablespoon, teaspoon, um, some vendors, uh, like some of the, the mixed salad packets, um, they have their own nutritional information in there, um, and you can uh, enter in uh, a full bag uh, of that. So one of the mistakes that I see a, a lot of my clients and, and, and others make initially uh, is while those measurements are available within the, the food tracking application, a lot of folks think that they can eyeball what a cup looks like. <laughs> they can eyeball what an ounce looks like. And again, there are uh, both scientific error within the, you know, the, the, the human element, um, but also there's some psychological errors that can be made in there where um, you may think that you're, you're proportioning uh, you know, that, that cup of uh, potatoes to be accurate, but you're hungry, and so there's just a little bit more. Right? A little heaping. Right, instead of a flat a flat uh, cup, it's a little bit rounded, and so instead of a cup, you get a cup and an eighth. Um, and so it's really important to utilize uh, a, a, a food scale uh, that gives you each of those different metrics so you can accurately, to the gram, to the ounce, to this teaspoon, be able to measure uh, how much of that food, that that nutrient that you're taking in. Um, something else and tying into that is it's really important to measure your food before you eat it. Mm -hmm. uh, going back and estimating uh, your memory is not always quite as accurate as you think it is. And I'll tell you something I'm sure that you've learned here in the recent uh, past is that if you try to go back at the end of the day and track your food 
uh, you're definitely going to start forgetting some things. Might have missed some some snacks that happened in the pantry when no one was looking. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, but what I would say is that um, you can get really granular with this, um, and, and by that I mean extremely accurate. And the more accurate that you get with uh, your tracking of your food, the more accurate the results, uh, to the point where you can reliably guarantee how your body is going to respond. Uh, if you track accurately and you stick to uh, a predetermined plan. Now, does this have to be our life forever? Do we always have to track food in order to control our body composition? And the answer to that is, is no. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for me, it's, it's really not a big deal. And, and while I'm not uh, tracking uh, right now, I will be tracking for the most the, the majority of the rest of my life because I will be competing. Um, but that's not something that everybody's going to want to do uh, for forever. And what I would say is that I would recommend tracking accurately and earnestly for six to eight months before um, you start to uh, transition into more of an intuitive eating uh, method where you're still trying to proportion your foods the same way. You're still trying to hit um, you know, caloric content, macro content uh, accurately, but you can start doing it from memory because you've built the skill sets. You know what the meals look like. You've done it many, many, many times, and there's and you understand the brands that you're working with. You understand the realities uh, of, of the food uh, that you're eating. And I think that also just ties back into what we were saying about you know who should track. It really depends on what your goals are. So you know, do you have to track the rest of your life if your goals are just to, to learn about the foods you're putting in your body and understanding, you know, their breakdown of their various macros, then I would say no. Give yourself a really good base knowledge, track for a good six to eight months, gain that knowledge, and then use that in the future uh, so you don't get tracking fatigue. But people who are really looking to get specific results with their physique, with their weight loss, um, might want to do this more consistently, really down, down to your specific macro allotments um, to see those results that you're wanting over time. Um, so it really depends on kind of what bucket you land in as far as what your goals are. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important that we spend some time talking specifically about these things you keep hearing us refer to, and those, those are macros. Um, that's our proteins, our carbohydrates, our fats, and I'd really like to spend some time just talking about each one of those and just the roles that they play in our body so that we can just understand a little bit better um, why we need them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, there's, there's two, you know, two real big categories of nutrients that we require to operate our bodies, you know, macronutrients and micronutrients. And really the dividing line between the two is how much our body needs. For instance, macronutrients are measured in amounts of grams, whereas micronutrients are measured in, a, in, in essential amounts of micro and milligrams to give you kind of a concept for how much we need to make sure we're taking in. Um, there are three macronutrients that our body requires, which is carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, which 
the latter of the two always seem to get demonized for some reason <laughs> when it comes to the world of pseudoscience, which is something that I've found has confused a lot of my family and friends and, to be honest, the, the majority of the nutrition space. Yeah, I would say the majority of people have almost a fear of touching carbohydrates and of touching fats, um, and I think society has done that a little bit, so I'd really just like to demystify this thing <laughs> yeah. because our bodies were created to break down these specific nutrients for yeah. a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So, for instance, carbohydrates, as much as they've been vilified, are actually our primary energy source and uh, are so incredibly important to mental acuity, but also in from the perspective of an athlete, uh, for instance, as a competition bodybuilder, um, those carbohydrates are absolutely required to fuel each of our workouts. Yes. Um, and the level of intensity and the output that you can uh, achieve um, is directly tied to your carbohydrate intake. Um, carbohydrates per the USDA are supposed to take up 45 to 65% <laughs> of your, your daily diet. Um, you can find carbohydrates in fruits, vegetables, and grains. Uh, protein uh, is supposed to take up between 10 and 35% of your da daily total intake per the USDA. Uh, proteins are responsible for creating tissue and repairing tissue, so uh, specifically muscle fibers. Um, and it's important not only in creating muscle fibers, but retaining them. So when yes. you are maintaining a body weight or when you're losing weight, it's important to, uh, to eat I believe the, the number is, and I'll have to go back and check, but I think it's 1 to 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight that you're trying to maintain. So if you want to have a hard body and you're trying to lose weight and you're eating less grams of protein than you're trying to maintain, you're actually creating a softer, smaller body. Yeah, and honestly, I found with my own tracking that that is consistently the macromolecule that I, I struggle to hit every single day, and it's shocking sometimes. You know, that's really common, it's, and I, I would say just anecdotally, uh, it's extremely common in all of my female clients when they first come on board. Um, it's extremely shocking to them just how under uh, it is and uh, to, uh, to to hit their protein count. All right, so protein can be found primarily in meat and meat byproducts, so red meat, fish, poultry eggs, milk, cheese, etc. Uh, those are the primary ways to find uh, uh, protein. Um, and those are considered complete protein sources with all nine essential amino acids. Um, however, uh, our vegetarian friends can find protein in plant sources. Uh, however, you will have to uh, supplement some of those essential amino acids as the uh, proteins found in plant sources are not proteins uh, and, and then the last macronutrient that we're going to talk to talk about is also extremely vilified uh, fat our lipids are actually supposed to take up 20 to 35 percent of our daily nutrient intake though uh, your uh, lipids your fats are uh, considered not considered they are an alternate energy source um, and they do allow for long-term energy storage this is how 
back in uh, the days when we had to survive long winters. Um, this is why people talk about uh, putting on a, a, a winter coat, a winter <laughs> layer. Uh, it was legitimately how we survived those long winters because we needed a little bit extra energy when food sources were a little bit more scarce. This is exactly what happens when a bear goes out and eats a bunch of food and then sleeps for the winter. Your lipids are also extremely important because they do uh, create hormones such as your estrogen and your testosterone. Um, this is something that's extremely uh, uh, important to consider as a bodybuilder as we get down to those competitive levels, which are not healthy body compositions for long term. Uh, certain body functions like women's menstrual cycles and men's testosterone pr uh, production essentially stop. Mm -hmm. um, they are also extremely important in the ability to absorb our fat-soluble vitamins, such as vitamin D, which is critical to our body to help support calcium absorption and bone mineralization. And I know you, you talked about how fat is often almost villainized as, as being evil, and I, I want to talk also about the fact that I think in a lot of ways it's overly glorified um, and people end up eating excessive amounts of fat far beyond what their their daily percentage should be um, because we we hear a lot of of terminology about you know superfoods and avocados and healthy fats and people you know want to get all the good fats in in their systems um, but they don't necessarily know the quantities and just how many grams are in a serving of, of each of those things and people can actually end up doing themselves more harm than good when you look at your overall balance of what you're supposed to have in a day based off of your own BMR. Um, and uh, it, it over, overshoots where you're supposed to be uh, with these healthy foods. And they all have a purpose. I mean, fats play an incredible role in the body. One of them is just helping you stay full for longer, um, which is really helpful when you're, you're trying to maintain your, your various caloric goals for the day and you know if you're eating a, a higher carb diet those are digested first and fast and you can often find yourself really hungry after a high carb meal so it's important to make sure you're having proteins and fats in your meals and specifically with fats helping you stay full longer because fats of your three macros is the last one to get fully digested in your digestive tract so it, it just keeps more food bulk in there as things get digested and, and helps you feel satisfied for longer until you can get to your next meal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. And actually, I think that's a really good place to, to leave off for the week. Uh, to kind of wrap things up, you know, we, we talked about that energy balance. And in the end, um, you know, there's a lot of different diets out there that focus on high carb, low carb, high fat, low fat. In the end, the only thing that matters when it comes to the direction of your weight is whether or not you're eating more or less calories than your maintenance calories. And I mean, you can get there having a low carb diet. You could get there eating large amounts of fat as long as you're in that caloric deficit. But I think if we really want to encourage you guys is just knowing that every single food group is important. They all have a role to play. You know, you, you need energy to get through your workouts. You need fat stuff to hold you over through through the night into your next meal. You need protein to build your muscles and depriving yourself of one of those 
well, you might still see results and lose weight because you're in a, a caloric deficit. You know, you're not maximizing this opportunity you have here with food and using it as fuel for your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I, w- I would say even more to that, that your experience uh, is completely dependent on the balance that you utilize. Um, if you go with an extremely low fat diet, it's going to be a little bit harder to manage uh, your, your satiety, which means just how uh, how how much you feel those hug, hunger signals. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go with an extremely low carb diet, uh, I suggest that you would probably experience some brain fog throughout the day. And a lot of fatigue. And a lot of fatigue, especially if you're pushing, uh, you know, through a, 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 a training regimen like I or any other athlete is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention uh, the fact that the you know the the performance and, and results of each training session would be drastically reduced. So I think that's probably a really good place to kind of wrap things up for today. I know that in the future we're going to be talking a lot more about, you know, nutrition, our macros, health and fitness, fitness programming and whatnot. Um, I want to really encourage you guys, if you have any questions about what we talked about today, about your own health and fitness journeys, please go to our Dumbbells and Diets Facebook group that we have. We are gonna be pulling questions from there from our followers on that page to answer in future podcasts and get your questions answered. Um, And we'd also really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're also available for you to subscribe on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. And if, if you want, you can take a screenshot of our podcast, share it to your stories, and just, you know, help us reach as many people as possible. That, that is what we are passionate about, is, is getting good information out there to you guys and getting your questions answered. So, as always, we really appreciate your time. We, we love having you here with us, and we are excited to check back in with you guys next week. Okay, that's all, folks. Hey, y'all. If you're committed to taking that next step and beginning your weight loss journey, or if you're interested in our competitive coaching services, you can find our website at www.k2fitness.biz. That's K, the number two, fitness.biz, where you can fill out an application to train with us. We look forward to working with you.